Hello and welcome to episode 397 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm joined by the other two M's and let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Joey, we'll start with you this week. Hello, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Mastodon. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, for now, on Twitter, <laughs> Joey Moser 83 Wait, what is Mastodon? That's Mastodon new- is like, everyone is saying it's like this the new thing but everyone says it's like confusing and i think i downloaded it to see what it was what it looked like and it's like uh i don't know so i read a tweet that i'll just send to you where it's just like okay so when you join mastodon you have all the words are weird so it's like so you have to join a kerplunk and after the kerplunk is this you have to join a quaffle ker- i don't know that's all they are but that's what people are saying it just sounds stupid <laughs> are you signing up for quidditch are you trying to be yeah, on social media <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it sounds, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Everything's awful. Yay. <laughs> and, uh, Megan, what about you? Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin and you can find me on a ledge because of this election. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hey Dude Meg. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. Just a reminder, this is not a political podcast. We're not going to be talking about politics today. <laughs> it's not, but I'm just saying that I'm tense. It's I know. Tense and you have rights to be. But uh, tomorrow is your holiday. As we're recording, tomorrow is your personal favorite day of the year, right? It is my favorite day of the year when things go to plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I, don't, I don't own it whenever it's bullshit. <laughs> no, I always love it. I just think it's um, actually so I, I'm writing up. I, I talked to Sheila McCarthy of Women Talking. We talk yeah. about voting and how she said she always gets very emotional when she votes and like how much she oh. loves it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love it, too. So um, I, I do. I always think of like Leslie Nope too in Parks and Rec when she votes, uh, when she casts the vote for herself. Actually, and how emotional. Um, it, I think it's a thing that people forget how much of a right and privilege it is, and that um, that it's at stake. I feel like in some way right now. It is true, and uh, all we can do is cast our vote. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the last time we get to, so let's do it. No, no. I always feel like there should be like... Oh, maybe you, because you're gay. Sorry, you don't get (laughs) it. I mean, this is... I mean, I have a gun to my head and a knife to my throat, so I don't... (laughs) That's... um, I actually feel like I'm surprised someone hasn't put out a, like, uh, like a satire political campaign that was like, hi, I'm Joe Biden. Vote, because it's the last time you get to. And he kind of already did say that, didn't he? <laughs> kind of, but it's also just like, Adam Schiff, stop emailing me. If I, like, stop it. I'm well, going. <laughs> at any rate, um, ignoring that, this week we are going to, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start off with a sort of a, just a hodgepodge of, of a couple of things that we've been catching up to. Joey and I are going to talk about the crown um, and uh, Megan, open it up to you for things that you've been doing, things that you're obsessing about. And then we're going to jump into round two of our fantasy Oscar pool. So we made our initial selections back in late August before the film festival season really kicked in. And now a lot has changed. And some of us are itching to drop some contenders so that we oh, can yeah. hope to make some points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because if I'm carrying what I got through the rest of the year, 
congratulations, both of you. I'm coming in dead. Last. I don't remember who you have, to be honest. No, I'm not. We I can... come in dead last because I've got Kate Blanchett. So, yeah. No, but, uh, I'm in dead last, so it's fine. <laughs> we will. What we'll do is after we're done with our our uh, our chit chat, we will. Um, Joey, I'll ask you to read out the um, current ranks for each of us, our current pools for sure. each of us, um, and then we're going to go in reverse order from the way that we initially selected. So, Megan, you went first last time, correct? Uh, yes. And, and now, uh, and the Joey went last because he won the last round. So Joey's going to go first. I will go second and you will go last. Okay. You sound bitter. He's going to take what I want. I know he is. (laughs) I don't know. There's actually, we can talk about it when we get to it, but I'm going to say is when I was making a list, we left a lot on the floor. Well, because we moved so early in the year, everything's changed so much. Like we did that like Labor Day weekend. Did we not? Yeah, right before Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Um, and like, also, like, there is so much that we could all pick. Like, I don't know. It's Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff out there. That's why we do the second round. We, now, uh, for listeners who have not followed us through uh, the entire Oscar Pools um, event, adventure, uh, back when we first started it, we just <laughs> kind of picked the first ones that we had and we kind of rode those all the way to the end, and uh, that was it. And so we, some of us didn't have a single Oscar winner. <laughs> So it was, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, but then we instituted uh, the round two draft picks or trades, so to speak. Um, and then, of course, we'll wrap with the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. So let's start with The Crown, uh, which I know, Megan, you have not seen. Netflix has been very, very tight on these screeners, um, maybe for... A purpose? I don't. I don't know exactly because they kind of have been that way with Stranger Things too. Um, but uh, I, I managed to get on the list, and then Joey, after um, pestering Netflix for what three <laughs> weeks, Joey? <laughs> I'm like, hi, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, you're pulling a voice out. I know that voice. Um, yeah. And uh, you finally got it. So um, the crown does drop this Wednesday, and this is the season five. Um, where we make another character jump and we have Amelda Staunton playing the queen. We have Leslie Manville playing Margaret. We have uh, Dominic West and Elizabeth Debicki playing Charles and Diana. And we have Jonathan Price playing Prince Philip. And um, it's a very, very different season from season four. Season four had, and I don't know if you would agree with this, Joey, but I think season four just had that weird growing to be in love with this version of Diana, like all those scenes of her going into crowds and becoming addicted to the, 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 the cheers and Charles's resentment and, and their personal struggles. And then you've got her um, making that Phantom of the Opera video, which is the best thing that happened in the whole season. And then of course you had Margaret Thatcher played by uh, Emmy winner Gillian Anderson. And so the, the combination of all of that just made for, completely bingeable, just a, a, almost like adrenaline pumped season as much as any show dealing with Royals and Royal life could be adrenaline pumped. Um, with season five, it's very different. It's a very different tone. Um, it is, it is more contemplative. You're definitely seeing a monarch who is headed to the end of her life. I mean, of course this was, this now takes place in the mid nineties. So we know she has nearly 30 years left of life, but um, the show is not going to go all the way to the end of her life. And so this is definitely getting us into an older, quieter, less aggressive queen. 
you, Joey, you and I talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry. So, Joey, what did you think of it? Um, I will say that I think I'm, I'm sort of bracing for more people to be like, what is this? Because <laughs> I know that there were people that jumped on the crown starting with season four, which you can, you can do that with this show. Um, because it is historical. You can jump in and out of it as you see as you see fit. Um there is like a like a sexy scandalous nature to mm-hmm. the fourth season that is anchored with those three women, Olivia Coleman, Emma Corrin, and um Gillian Anderson, also with Helen Bonham Carter. So like it didn't matter where the story went, there was something sort of really juicy going on. Um this season um, <laughs> I feel like for a lack of a better phrase, like the stuff that happens in history as it relates to the British monarchy, it's not sexy. It's not a, it's not like, you know, cutting edge, like Shonda Rhimes isn't going to make a show about this. Um, it, it, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It is very, uh, as you said, contemplative. And I think it is, I think it is actually, there's a, real tinge of sadness with mm. this season, especially with Imelda Staunton's character, the queen. I feel Melancholy. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's sad. It's really, really sad. It's sort of like, <laughs> this is not like a really dramatic way of putting it, but it's sort of like they put the queen on this tiny little Island and everyone else got in a boat and they're all going away. And a lot of her stuff is just like, look how sad she is. As literally she's being abandoned by everybody. Almost. She's like, she is still, she, we are at the point now she's been queen for so long that she is literally watching history repeat itself as it relates to like, uh, her sister's love story and all this stuff. Like there's a really good scene between her and, um, Leslie Manville, where Leslie Manville's like, this happened to me and it broke my heart. Now it's happening to Princess Anne. These circumstances are exactly the same and you changed your mind. And it like rips open these wounds for this woman. It's like 40 years ago. Um, I think it's I I think it's still beautifully performed. It's beautifully crafted. Um I think Elizabeth Debicki is freaking amazing in it it's just she doesn't even have to say anything to me it's it's the way that she looks at stuff and um i don't know it's it's i'm really uh latched in especially when she is on screen um and i think um i'm on episode nine episodes i think episode eight is like the epitome of what the crown does really well as it you know takes something that happened to these people relates it to history and sort of makes them run parallel at the same time. Um, I'm trying to be vague because I don't want to be spoilery or anything like that, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm still very much enjoying it. I still think it's a, still a fantastic show. And I, there are all these, you know, people who are like, what happened to it? Oh my God. It's not going to be, I don't know. It's, it's going to be nominated for Emmys. It's, if it wins the same amount of stuff, probably not, but I still think it's solid. Long story short, still a huge fan. Everyone needs to chill the fuck out. Yeah, I mean it's 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 still an excellently rendered show. It looks fantastic. It's it's brilliantly acted. There's there's there are some some negatives of this season. Um, I don't know where it's going to end up in my 
list of the best shows of the year, but um, it's going to have to overcome one bit of extreme miscasting, which is Dominic West playing Prince Charles. It just doesn't work. He he doesn't sound like Charles. Like one thing that I loved about Josh O'Connor in season three and four was that he his voice he he altered his voice to sound exactly like Charles. And Dominic West just doesn't do that. It's like, as I was telling a friend of mine, it's um, you're supposed to be revolted by Charles, and yet they cast him with a guy who was in the affair literally a show about a woman who is so turned on by a man and sex that she gives up her entire life for him. Like that is not Prince Charles. I, I think the most that they have done is like, they may like make his ear stick out a little bit. That's like, that's it. Yeah. I mean, even has the same hair that Dominic West has, but um, the other thing that's missing is, a Gillian Anderson level presence. You know, we, season one had, um, had uh, Winston Churchill, of course, played by, oh God, why am I blanking? John Lithgow. Name? John Lithgow, thank you. Um, you know, and uh, and then of course we had Gillian Anderson. Here we've got uh, Johnny Lee Miller's um, John Major, who I think is, he's very good, but he's a very reserved, quiet person. Um, we don't have Tony Blair, of course, for those of you who know the Queen, the film, the Queen, we don't have Tony Blair yet, but um, he is coming by the end of the season, I think, maybe in the last episode. Um, so it's 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 kind of missing that, I think. I, I loved that extra bit of spice that uh, Gillian Anderson brought as Margaret Thatcher, and I think it, it it's kind of a little bit lackluster in comparison. But it's still, you're absolutely right, Joey, it's still going to get tons of nominations. Is it going to win all those four main awards like it did for season four? No. Definitely not. Um, maybe with season six, we'll see, but, uh, I would not count out Elizabeth Debicki. No, there's, there's something about, um, I don't know. I, I just felt like when she's on screen, it's like, she gets it. Like, I don't know what it is. And she doesn't make, like I messaged Clarence last night and I was like, you know, it makes me really mad. I watch Elizabeth Debicki's performance and I'm not the greatest Diana expert, but as everyone did, everyone loved her, was captivated her, whatever. And then I watched a couple, I watched a couple of scenes from Spencer and I got angry and I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, this like, like breathless Muppet thing that Kristen Stewart did the whole time. Like, ah, ah, ah. I was like, no, I don't know. There's, there's, there's some stuff in it. Like, I don't know. That's it. I won't say anything else. I just I think it's really solid and it's really good. And I'm glad you like it too, because I was afraid um uh I was afraid you weren't gonna like it. But I mean it's it's still great. So yeah. How so, Milda Staunton? Um uh, I, go ahead. Yeah, well, I told Clarence and he can sort of maybe also expand on this that um there are a lot of moments in the writing that allows her to I don't want to say be more sympathetic. Um but she shows more emotion mm-hmm. or vulnerability, I will say, than she um, uh, has been afforded to with Claire Foy and Olivia Coleman. Um, especially, I watched some stuff with Claire Foy. Claire Foy is like, you know, she, as a young Queen Elizabeth, she's trying really hard to, you know, present strength and stuff like that. But it's, uh, there is something very comforting in watching Imelda Staunton because she is 
closer to the age of the queen that I sort of always felt she was for the last like 30 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Clarence can sort of expand on that. Well, I think, you know, with, with Claire Foy, um, she was, as you said, she was bringing a, a character who was insecure in her role. Um, she was trying to, to show confidence and strength in role. Um, but with Olivia Coleman, I mean, you know, the first time you see Olivia Coleman, I think it's at the beginning of season four. She's, is that the one where she's in military, military guard, right? Yeah. She's like on a horse. Yeah. Yeah. She's here for battle. And that whole season is about a battle and she has got strength. She yells at Charles. Um, you know, she just is so frustrated with this whole Charles and Diana drama. Um, in season five, Imelda Staunton is, is older. She's quieter. She's sadder. She's contemplative. She spends a lot of time thinking back about her life and about her, her family history. Um, and she's sad. She's really sad. And I think that, you know, that, that sort of tabloidy joy that, that came out of season four is, is absent. And it's largely just such a, I keep going back to the word contemplative, but it's, it's, it's melancholy. It's, it's, she's, she's great. She's great, but it's, it's a very reserved, quiet performance. Um, yeah. That is very different than anything that has come before it. Uh, so, you know, I think she'll get Emmy nominated. She, you know, obviously she doesn't win. These actresses only win in their second seasons before they, before they hit the road. Um, so look, look out for her next year. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with um, Elizabeth Debicki, whether she's lead or supporting. Uh, but I think Melaston is, is quite good, actually. You know, it's the kind of thing that you almost feel like she could play this character in her sleep. Yeah, I think the sort of adversarial aspect that was prevalent in season four because of the characters like Margaret Thatcher and Diana and stuff like that, Elizabeth is more in that sort of battlefield in season four, sort of in season five. It is a recurring theme that it's just sort of like nobody views Elizabeth as somebody to fight with. Right. Like they sort of uh, relegate her. This is the first, like it's, it's been a theme throughout the whole show of the crown that she, the monarchy is, dated and useless and people want change and everything like that. But this is the first time that we sort of see people being like, uh, I won't say like forgetting her, but it's like take her or leave her. That's kind of like what it feels like. Well, I will say last thing I'll say about it. And then I think we should move on. But the, um, the, the season starts with an episode dedicated to a poll that ran in the early nineties where a, a majority, I don't remember the exact percentage, but a majority of, of British citizens thought that she should step down because she was suffering from what they called Queen Victoria syndrome, where she's on the crown for way too long. She's outdated. She's antiquated. She's, you know, they need new blood. Need, and, and it, um, but what, what happens over the course of season five is that you see everyone around her falter in some mm-hmm. way, shape or form. And she is the only constant and she is the strength she is the the rock that holds this monarchy together and through this show. And uh, it made me really, inter- it, it was really interesting to think about that and then know that Charles is now king, you know, wondering how the UK will continue to react to the monarchy when their rock is gone. Yeah. So. Uh, 
I will say the only last thing I will say about it is if you are a Corgi fan, like I am, because I have a Corgi, <laughs> um, I have started a Corgi count. Um, I'm on episode nine. I have, I've counted every time I have seen a Corgi um, or like a Corgi who's sitting in Queen Elizabeth's laps. I have seen Corgis nine times, which I think is more than any other season of The Crown, probably because Queen Elizabeth is older. But there are Corgis aplenty. Lovely. 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 So, Megan, what have you caught up on? What are you watching? What are you obsessed with? Um, I caught up on Abbott Elementary, um, which I think had some... I, I always worry about shows in their second season, especially shows that um, that have that camera gimmick that The Office and Parks and Rec had. Um, and, like, they have done some episodes this season where they've, like, kind of... Uh, you know, gone home with the cast, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to get, you know, too away from the school, but they incorporated um, the cameras in an interesting way in the, in a recent episode that I thought was funny. And um, it's still so, it's just so cute. Like it's just a great show. Um, so, and I really love seeing where Janine and Gregory go. So I really enjoyed that. And then I've caught up on Alaska daily uh, which I think is is really good, and I, I do think some people are talking about it. Um, I know it's not like Game of Thrones or House of Dragon, but I think I think it's really good. I really like it. Um, so that was one of the ones that I made sure to watch. I, I caught up on the Tree of Life documentary on HBO, uh, having been two or three blocks down the street during that. Um, mm-hmm the whole uh tragedy so i was interested in watching that um and then uh i have been watching the vow that's the other show that i have been catching up with and um which has surprised me because i thought i'd probably watch a couple episodes of it and be like oh this is just rehashing everything that i already you know knew or but i think it's it's doing a really interesting thing where it's it's kind of challenging everything you learned in the first season and uh, I really respect that. So I, I think it's it's um, really has a fresh take on the the true crime of the first season and kind of making me as an audience member question like, uh, who's really the hero of the story? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's just been, it's been really interesting. But yeah, those are the things that I've been catching up on. I haven't had a chance to see Tar yet because it's just too hard to i've been really busy and um it's been hard to book a three-hour movie <laughs> into my schedule but uh hopefully i'll see it soon so you're in harder to sit through um excellent zoe did you want to list anything else that you were caught up on before we jumped over to the uh fantasy oscar round two uh the only thing that i caught because i had covid last week um i watched uh, is not um out yet, but I watched all of Welcome to Chippendale, which I actually really, really like. So that's a super far in advance plug. But yeah. When is that? That comes out in Thanksgiving? Uh, the 22nd. Yeah, Thanksgiving week. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got a screener to something that I'm not allowed to talk about, but I will say... Glad you brought it up. Yeah, I know. It's really convenient, but I will give you a hint. Um, the lead actress is very good, uh, but the movie itself is not. Oh, you send okay. 
send us, can you tell us what the title is via chat and we cannot do anything but respond without words? Yes, there. Oh, oh, I figured that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yes. But uh, that lead actress performance is is miles above the material and it made me sad. <laughs> mm. Also, this, this actress has a... Um, she has a really beautiful, rich singing voice and is well used here because there's a lot, a lot of songs. Is this the same person? Or are we talking about a second, second person? Yes. Okay. Anyway, more on that later. All right, let's jump to the fantasy Oscar pool. Uh, I guess round two, draft picks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't know from sports ball. Um, Joey, why don't you go through the list as they stand now and start with Megan? Um, so there hasn't been a lot of stuff lately. I have to still send you guys the list. So, um, we're just the picks. You don't have to do the scoring. We do have okay. some scoring, right? But so the, I do. Yes. Um, so Megan's list, um, in alphabetical order, Jesse Buckley, women talking, Daniel Deadweiler, Till, Adam Driver, white noise, Brendan Fraser, the whale, Hugh Jackman, the sun, Regina King, Shirley, Bill Nye, living, Michael Robbie Babylon, Ben Wishaw, Women Talking, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and then she also has Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Um, Clarence has Kate Blanchett, Tar, Diego Calva, Babylon, Paul Dano, The Fablemans, Laura Dern, The Sun, Colin Farrell, Inisherin, Daniel Jimenez, Cacho for Bardo, Janelle Monet, Glass Onion, Brad Pitt, Babylon, Gene Smart, Babylon, Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere. And then movies, Bardo, Everything Everywhere, and Michelle. <laughs> Michelle the Shell. Marcel the Shell, which she's on. <laughs> um, I have... Michelle Williams the Shell. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Bale, Amsterdam, Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Austin Butler, Elvis, Olivia Coleman, Empire of Light, Anna de Armas Blonde, Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Inisherin, Jennifer Lawrence, Causeway, Zen McGrath, The Sun, Kihui Kwan, Everything Everywhere, Emma Thompson, Good Luck to You, Leah Grand, and then movies I had, Babylon, The Fablemans, and The Sun. Um, yeah. So as you've said, there are a lot of things that are, that were left on the table. Um, and so as we talked about, uh, Joey, you went last, last time. So you can go first in the draft pick. So, uh, now it, there's no limit to what we do. You can, if you want, you can drop everything that you've picked and repick everything. <laughs> so, you know. But uh, you go first. What what uh, one thing? You can only do one at the time, though. This is really hard. Because I know as soon as I say it, you guys have your knives out and you're going to like make something else. Ugh, the pressure. Okay, I am going to dump Ana de Armas. Um, Great move, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can I pick something else to dump first? Uh, sure. Do I have to stick with it? No, you can go. Okay, I'm going to dump the sun and pick up Banshees of Inisherin. Nobody picked Banshees of Inisherin? No. Oh, wow. All right. So I, uh, goodbye, Laura Dern. You are not <laughs> on my list. <laughs> I hit the delete button. And hello, Carrie Condon. Join God. my team. That's that was what I was gonna pick. God damn it. Okay. 
see, see, Megan, the the, uh, the key to this is to let Joey go do whatever he wants with his own inner instincts. Joey's <laughs> 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 his worst enemy. That's true. Is it my turn? Yes, yeah. it is. Can I draw up Regina King since Shirley's not coming out this year? And I'm going to go with Dolly DeLeon for Triangle of Sadness. That's who you thought I was going to pick, wasn't it? Yeah, that is what I thought you were going to pick. Well, then I'm dropping Ana de Armas and I am picking up. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, I'm picking up Claire Foy. Nice. Who, by the way, we neglected to mention, um, makes another minute long appearance. Oh, yeah. In She's going to get another Emmy. She's going to get another nomination. Um, I am dropping Daniel Jimenez Gacho for Bardo. And uh, hello, Barry Keegan for Banshees of Inner <laughs> You are on my team now. I thought it was like a cult. It's just like, welcome. <laughs> I don't know if I have anybody else that I really want to drop. Um, Locking it in. So right now you still have Brendan Fraser, Hugh Jackman, Ben Wishaw, Bill Nye, Adam Driver, Michelle Williams, Jesse Buckley, Dolly DeLeon, Danielle Deadweiler, which I saw... I saw Till this last weekend. Jesus Christ, she's so good. Um, Margot Robbie, Top Gun, Elvis, and Women Talking. I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, uh, yeah, I'll lock it in. And Megan is locked. We need a locking sound. I feel like I was uh, Ross from Friends right then. Yes. <laughs> um, Joey, do you have another selection to make? Um, I think so. I'm dumping Christian Bale for Amsterdam because what the fuck was I thinking there? <laughs> this is probably going to bite me in the ass, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to pick up Gabriel LaBelle for the Fableman. Hmm. You know, he it's 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 a smart pick because he might get some might get like breakthrough or something. New actor, young actor yeah. awards. Yeah. Um I'm going to pictures this time and uh I'm giving a hard no to Bardo. <laughs> Goodbye, Bardo. And uh, decision to leave. I am selecting. Ooh, okay. Going for that foreign vote. All right. Let's see what you did there. Oh, God. Okay. Dumping Zen McGrath. Because. <laughs> you don't need to explain. Because, <laughs> yep. This is the problem. So I drop him, but then <laughs> I know more that I don't want him on my team than I know who do I pick up. So I think I might pick up Paul Meskel for After Sun. And what will you do with him? <laughs> I well, I'm sure he's uh, a lot stronger than these. No, I'm gonna do it. Never mind. Well, yeah. If this was a different podcast with different people, 
Um, <laughs> a lot of thirsty answers for you. But yeah, that's it. I'm sure Paul Mescal, despite being in a small movie, will pick me up more prizes than McGrath. Sorry, Mr. McGrath. Um, I am going to make a game time shift switch rather. I am dropping Brad Pitt for Bardo. And <laughs> I just see a very funny um, mis, uh, mislabeling on our homepage. Um, I oh, no. will mention that to you guys after we record. Um, let's see. The problem is, is who do I want to pick in his place? I'm going to pick Anthony Hopkins for Armageddon time. Go with your heart. Yeah, My heart says yes. Thanks, man. I meant to call you yesterday because I saw that movie. Oh, you did? I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Very, uh, you know, a lot to think about. The performance in that movie all around are so strong. I have to tell you, I really wanted to see that movie, but I had just seen like two sad movies. Mm-hmm. Or well, I'd come out of Last Flight Home, and I'm like, I don't know if I. Given how how your reaction to it, I was like, I don't know if I can see it. Like, I don't know if I'm emotionally no. ready no. for it. That's but I a, do want to see it still. That's a. I don't think anybody else has had that same reaction that I did. I think it's just an entirely a personal thing to me. Still, I was like, I actually, well, I had problems anyway because the fire alarm went off at the hotel, but I, I was planning on going, and then I also was like not sure because of how your reaction was. Um, I do, I did want to ask you though, if you thought that Jeremy Strong at certain points was doing a Bernie Sanders impression. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that, that. I will say that little kid who's in it, that little kid, if, um, Dear guys, you can, yeah, you can, yeah. yeah, if you can take Jeremy Strong screaming in your face like that, like give him something, give him something. <laughs> um, okay, sorry, back to what we were talking about. Um, I'm gonna jump Emma Thompson as much as that hurts me, and I'm picking up Hong Chow. Ooh. <laughs> Hung Chow for the whale. Heels. Ooh. Okay. Sorry, yes. Hung Chow for the whale. I like how I was like, ooh, because I could be anything. And then I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last change, and then I'm locking the list. I'm joining Megan in the land of the locked. Is I'm I'm this is probably gonna be a mistake, but I'm dumping Marcel the shell with shoes on. And I'm taking Tar. Ooh. I do love Marcel Michelle. I still th- want you to see that. I think you would love no, it. No, I definitely want to see it, but but I I've my 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 logic or my rationale in August was there's probably gonna be some kind of non-Disney film that sweeps the animated critics awards it's gonna be pinocchio probably yeah that's it that's it after that reaction came this weekend from um pinocchio i think it probably is gonna i mean i think marcel will probably pick up a handful of awards but i think the majority is gonna go to to pinocchio marcel though is 
such like listening to the story behind how they filmed, they shot it twice. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's an unbelievable story of how they shot that film. Um, so I hope that people don't forget Marcel the show because yeah. Uh, also, it's a it's original. I I don't know. I feel like Pinocchio. How many times has Pinocchio been done? A lot. Isn't there one? Is this the one with Tom Hanks? No, no, that's that's the other one. Is this the one this with Polly Shore? Polly Shore. There was no. one with Polly Shore that came out this year too. This is Guillermo del Toro's. Do you think yes, Guillermo I, del Toro worked with Polly Shore? I don't know. Like, which one was the one with Tom Hanks? Oh, Disney. Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are too many Pinocchios. I'm sorry. Like, we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm out. I I'm dumping Babylon and picking up Pinocchio. After I just made that whole impassioned speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, um I wasn't listening. Oh no, I'm kidding. Um I was listening. The only reason was that huge uh, you know, response. It was like I saw Chris Tapley of all people, even though I don't necessarily, I think Chris Tapley generally is an interesting person. He's really smart when it comes to predicting. And like, he saw the movie and he put up four pictures. It was Beauty and the Beast up. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Toy Story 3 and Pinocchio. Those would be the, I mean, the first three movies that were nominated for Best Picture. So he thinks it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. So I'm picking up Pinocchio. Um, also remember that he works for Netflix. Oh, he does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And <Al. laughs> Just, just oh. saying. Oh, because it's Netflix works on Netflix. Yes. yes. I didn't know that. Yes. He works for Netflix. Um, I'm keeping it. Okay. I'm, Babylon's probably going to get like a shit ton of nominations and it probably is going to get nominated for best picture, but this is the problem that I have with Babylon. Everyone's like, it's a sex-fueled thing, blah, blah, blah. Remember Damien Chazelle standing in the back of the theater whenever La La Land was losing? Do you want that guy to tell a story about drugs and sex? No, I don't want to watch oh, No, I do think it's going to, I think it's going to be underwhelming. It's going to be one of those things I think people either love or hate. I don't think it's going to be a crowd pleaser. Like the movie that seems to have inspired it, which is uh, um, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, is that what inspired it? I mean, that's that's what it's been described as as a singing in the rain plus. Uh, Wolf yeah, of that's right. I just don't get what time period it is either because she looks right. like she's from the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm the out that in every in every picture she's wearing the same outfit. Yeah, I just don't. It doesn't look like it's. Isn't it supposed to be like the thirties or something? It's pre-sound, so. Uh, okay. Yeah, she does not look like she fits in at all. Well, she was probably more successful because she you wouldn't be able to hear her doing the same accent over and over again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. No, I have a feeling it, but I don't, I don't even like the trailer that much. I just, it's always confusing to me. And that, that movie's going to have a hard time because of Brad Pitt. Is that one of the reasons why you dumped him, Claren? Yes. There's a lot of bad press with him right now. Tis. 
Oh, am I done? I think I'm locked in. Um, Final answer. Final answer. There are a lot of things that I would like to, you know, switch, but I don't think, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that I would include, but I don't think, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I now realize why I lose this every year because I just don't care enough like you two. <laughs> I guess I'm like, we'll see what happens. But like, I'm <laughs> confident in my thing. <laughs> well, I was fine until I started doing some tallying and I'm like, I have like half the points that you guys do. So then I started for the last few days and was like, I had like three columns, like movie, actor, actress. And the list is so long on each person. So... Ugh. Uh, I want to, I, I want to unlock my locks and, uh, and trade one more, but I don't know that I, I don't know that there is anybody out there worth picking up. Hmm. There's, there's two movies that I'm surprised that none of us have. Well, you can tell us as soon as we're all done locking. Actually, I'm done. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to leave it as it is. Okay. I'm locked. Final answer. Shutting the thing yeah, down. Yeah, me too. We did. Shut it down. Lock okay. it down. So what are the okay, two what movies, movies that you're surprised? None of us have Black Panther. None of us have Avatar. I'm not, I'm, I, I can sleep with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. I mean, so Megan, I'm sorry, go ahead. You got to remember the key to this is not, Finding oh, what's right. going to be nominated I, for Best Picture is going to be critics' movies. That's where you get the points. I literally said that to you yesterday, and I forgot my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, we're locked. And so, what I'll do now is, is sometime before Thanksgiving, before the the critics um, awards start to show up, I will put this out on our uh, website in some rudimentary html fashion so it looks like a child did it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i'll at least put something out there so that listeners can uh follow along and uh joey um do you have the scores handy or is that something that's not available to you now um no i have it okay. um it's not i know i'm missing something so there is going to be additional stuff added with the old list um so i'm just going to add the new people into the um the new people into the old list, and then I'll send it to you whenever I figure out every single thing that I'm missing. So I know I'm missing. So like there was Venice Film Awards, there was like TIFF Audience Awards, there was uh, Gotham Awards, um, there was the BIFA nominations. So um, there's not a lot in there because there hasn't been a lot announced. So I was in a dead last <laughs> um, with a whopping 15 points. Um, and then Megan was in second place with 30 and Clarence is only a little bit ahead of her with 35. Hmm. So once I know that sounds like really pitiful now, but nothing has happened yet, essentially. Um, so what's going to happen is once all those like critics, you know, the, you know, South Dakota film critics, East chapter announces their nominations, It'll, it'll be a floodgate. Yep. Um, 
And just as a quick reminder, last thing, uh, we do not get retroactive points for any new selections that we have made. So if, since I just picked Anthony Hopkins, if Anthony Hopkins had won Best Actor at Venice, I would not have gotten those points because I did not own him when the uh, points were incurred. So uh, very quickly, let's uh, dash off to the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And uh, Megan, you can go first. Um, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to, we're still reading uh, the Stranger Beside Me by Ann Rule about Ted Bundy, um, working my way through that. Uh, I hopefully would like to see some movies this week. Um, maybe Tar, hopefully. Um, and then just kind of catching up on um, Alaska Daily and um, The Challenge, uh, Abbott Elementary. Uh, I'm sure there's other things coming out, too. Uh, but, yeah, just kind of relaxing week, I'd say. <laughs> Joey? Um, I want to catch up on some docs and foreign films. So I'm I've, I'm to the point where I have a list, but the list is so like extensive on a piece of paper that I might create like a Google, a Google Doc um, to figure it out. Um, and then I have a lot of short film coverage coming out this week and next week because I've interviewed like seven short film people and... Um, there's a lot of, uh, this is the first year, right? I found the list of, um, you have to, to to qualify for an Oscar in the live action short category, you have to win uh, a, a certain prize at a film festival. And I found the list of qualifying film festivals on the Academy website. <laughs> I'm definitely going to create a spreadsheet for that to see how many I can track down. So that's my big project for the week. I just lost consciousness briefly listening to you say all that. I've been unconscious this whole time. So I don't know. <laughs> Uh, very quickly for me, um, books, uh, continuing Stephen King's fairy tale, which I'm about halfway through. It's a very good book. Um, uh, with the TV, uh, uh, on the TV side, I want to finish the crown. Um, I might, um, look to start the screeners for dead to me. I have a lot of thoughts on this season already. Um, mostly centered around Christina Applegate and her continuing the series, even though she, um, is suffering from MS In the movies I'm catching the menu I intend to watch Don't Worry Darling now that it's free. And I will be seeing Black Panther forever. I mean, excuse me, Black Panther forever. Black, Can Black Panther <laughs> Wakanda forever. And uh, potentially The Good Nurse. Because I am going on a staycation with my wife this weekend. Oh. We're going to a uh, uh, spa resort in uh, very near our house. So lots of time to watch movies. Nice. So does that cover it? Yeah. All right, yeah. let's get the hell out of here. So we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy. Thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Awards Daily and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow. Tomorrow.